Hey everybody, and welcome to Learning From Smart People. I am your host, Rob Oliver, and I appreciate you joining me today for this episode of, uh, this is gonna be fun, okay? And here's why. I talk about this all the time. I know some amazing people. I've, I've run into some fantastic people, people that I have worked with and I now call my friends, and today, one of my friends joins me on the show. Her name is Sherry Dunlevy. She is just a fantastic person. Uh, she is, in her own invented word, which I love, she is an inspirationista. She's an author, she's a speaker, she's a podcast host, and just overall, she's a fantastic person. Sherry, thanks for joining me on the show today. Rob, it is my pleasure and honor, so thank you. So let's, for people outside of the southwestern Pennsylvania, southeastern Ohio area, let's talk about, uh, give your backstory, kind of where did you come from and what has kind of been your journey to get to where you are today? Okay, well, my background is in television broadcasting. I was a television news anchor for many, many years in the Steubenville, Wheeling, West Virginia area, uh, the NBC affiliate. And uh, during my last year there, my husband and I, well, you know, like I came right out of college. So the whole audience saw me fall in love, get married, have my first son, get pregnant with my second son, and then consequently um, shared in the sorrow when we lost our son. And after a year of, after he died, I tried to go back but I just couldn't, my priorities totally changed and I just needed to go home and heal and to raise my three-year-old and just be mom for a while, just get out of the public life. Um, now, after my son Trey started back, started into school, you know, um, I took on a job in a role of a radio talk show host for 12 years, 12 years from the time he was in school to the time he graduated, you know, so it was perfect. It's not coincidental, then, right? Yeah, well, you know, I wasn't thinking about it as being that, but it was just that. It was it was actually a beautiful, probably divine intervention, if I'm going to be uh, quite honest about it. And, um, and during that time, as he started to get his driver's license and then was starting to plan to go to college and becoming more independent and less dependent upon me... I felt called to do more and it was a calling to write a book, believe it or not. And I never had any aspirations of being an author at all, but I realized that um, part of this was me having to um, reinvent my life. And where am I going to go from here? If I'm not mom, then who am I now? So that was mm. part of the equation. The other part of the equation was that there was a need. I had to create something. I kept feeling called to create this book because I couldn't find it when I needed it. And so the book is called, how can I help your go-to guide for helping loved ones through life's difficulties. And the reason that I wrote that book is because when we lost our son, we uh, also lost some of our closest friends. Mm. And I think it was because they didn't know what to, de to do or to say. Wow. Or they were afraid of what to do or say that it might hurt us 
or that it hurt them too bad to even face what had happened to mm. us, right? Yeah. And so I just kept thinking, golly, if there were, if there was just some kind of resource out there to have helped them help us at that time, instead of just disappearing from our lives, wouldn't that, you know, wouldn't that be great? It might help a lot of relationships. And I kept looking for it and I couldn't find it. And every time I would walk away from that search, whether it was online or in and out of the bookstore, I kept getting this feeling you're not going to find it because you need to write it. Wow. Now, in hindsight, I realized that my career as a reporter was setting me up for all of this, but I didn't see that at the time because all I kept saying was, because I really truly think it was the Holy Spirit asking me to write this book. And I was like, I'm not an author. I write news copy, right? right. I don't, I don't write books. Uh, you're, you're asking the wrong person, but they weren't because this wasn't about me. This wasn't about my expertise. This was about me interviewing other people and finding out what helped them when they were in their roughest times of life and how their friends and family helped them through this. And so, you know, I was able to use those skills and my gift of communication to be able to communicate and build relationship with other people so that they would share that those precious nuggets with me so that I could share them with everyone else. You know, what you said, though, is so beautiful because it's it's this is what I needed. This is what I was looking for and what I was seeking. And because I couldn't find it, I knew that there were other people who went through something like I did and I wanted to give them the resources that I didn't have. It's you took and you, you turned it around. Really? The focus went from being to focus on what I don't have to be, how do I provide something for others that are lacking the same thing? It's, it's beautiful. Oh, thank you. I, I would like to say that that was, you know, the beautiful intention overall. It, <laughs> it wasn't because, you know, when you're called to do something that's out of your comfort zone. And the thing is, that's why I think that I've, I've realized that there's a difference between a call on your life and a great idea. A great idea sometimes just fades away. Right. It was a great idea, but it fades away. But a call on your life. The call keeps coming until you answer, you know, one way or another, until you answer, that call is just going to keep coming, right, right? right? And so when I answered yes, that's when doors started to open. And so, I, you know, I can look like hindsight is twenty twenty, and I can look so clearly at it now. But at the time, it truly was about um, listening to the call, saying yes to the call, stepping out in faith, um, being fearful and doing it anyway. Right. Just so many things, just so many things. Okay. So I have to pick on you just a little bit because you've said <laughs> hindsight's 2020 and quite frankly, having gone through 2020, I don't want to look back at 2020 anymore. It's been a rough year. Um, I said hindsight, it's almost 2020, almost hindsight is yeah. almost hindsight. <laughs> very, very true. So you transitioned then. So you transitioned from TV um, anchor to mom, and then you transitioned from mom to radio right. host, and then you transition again. And now you are, you kind of become an entrepreneur and you're not, you're wearing a bunch of hats. Okay. You are both an author and a speaker, but then you're also doing, if I'm not mistaken, some 
some beauty products and everything. Like, talk to me about what you what you're able to do as your own boss now that you're you've stepped away from having someone else give you the orders well you know that's the funny thing i was trying to do all of this so let's go back to when i was writing the book okay i decided i wanted to self-publish the book uh -huh. i had i had really done some research into this whether i was going to shop it out and try to find a publisher or whether i was going to self-publish and i actually ran into a man who did both and he said his advice to me was do it yourself. You're going to have the control. You're going to have, you know, you're going to have ownership. Um, you're still going to have to market it whether you have a publisher or not. That's right. still going to be up to you. So you may as well own your property. But the difference is, is that someone pays you for your book or you pay to have editors and to, you know what I mean? Like you can do it, but I didn't know what I was doing. So I needed to pay someone to help me you know, guide me. And that was going to take a lot of money. And when you're working two hours a day at a local radio station, you're not going to have any extra income. And so that leads me back to where my son was becoming more independent, was needing me less. My husband at the same time was saying, I'm not telling you this because I want you to go get another job. I'm just saying that this is, might not be enough for you anymore. Because my job, literally, I was out of the house from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m., maybe 1230, you know, right smack dab when my son was in school. So he really never even knew me as a working mom. You know, I was always available to him. That's awesome. Yeah, so it worked out perfectly. But as he depended on me less, you know, I didn't need to ride him to school anymore. And I realized that as he was leaving, I was starting to have these feelings of grief again. Hmm. And here's what I realized is that I didn't want to go back to news anymore. And I wasn't going to make the money in local radio. So I was going to have to find something different to fill that time and to fill that space and earn that money to publish my book, right? Right. And the thing was, is that I really liked only working two hours a day. Like I liked my time being my time. I'm sure. not afraid of hard work, but I liked working it in. And so that's when someone uh, approached me at a graduation party and said, hey, this new company's launching and I think I'm gonna join it. Would you wanna take a look? And I thought, oh, I could still do my radio show you know, that's my fun job and I could earn the money from my book. That's, right. that's what I was thinking is this is a way that I could earn money from my book. It, because if I would have started a new job, 40 hours a week working for someone, I would have been low man on the totem pole. I would have had to ask for vacation. Well, my husband was moving up in his career. He had like five weeks vacation. I was not, not going to take time off. I wanted my time freedom, Sure. you know? Sure. So, um, I thought I could work this alongside of what I do. So I, I work, um, I market products. I don't call them anti-aging because quite frankly, um, we're all aging. I call them aging awesomely products. You know, we're all going to age, but we all don't have to get old. And so these are products that help you look and feel your best as you age from the inside out. So it's all it's they're, they're great products. And I and I'm very confident in marketing them. I'm 80. Look at me. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, but, you know, that has been a vehicle to help me do the speaking jobs, to publish the book, to build up the confidence and build up the the calluses for all the rejection. 
Right. You know, right. so it's helped me in so many ways. And it's really helped me heal. It was something positive to focus on because what I found when my son left for college is I started grieving again. Mm. Yeah. And uh, because I was losing a son out of my nest. Right. And so this gave me a positive focus, something that was for me, something that I could grow, something that I could learn. And it really came at a time, honestly, when I needed it the most. Sure. I, and in what I'm hearing you say, though, is part of you didn't become an entrepreneur to become an entrepreneur. You, you kind of realized I have a goal and I need to be able to basically pay for that goal. And the way that that's going to work is I've got to figure out some way to use my skills, some way to um, properly manage my time. But the other piece that you, that's in there is I need to do it on my terms. Yes. And so the other, I just want to pick up on something else you said. Okay. And that is that kind of you're, you're launching this business. You're, you're selling, aging awesomely products, which I think is a, a great concept. I will say this is the difference between you and me. Um, you are, a, you don't appear to be aging at all because you are just as beautiful as the day that I met you. Um, I, on the other hand, I am not only do I look older, but the, the problem I have is I'm getting older, but I'm not maturing at all. I still laugh <laughs> at, you know, things that teenagers, uh, you know, things that middle school boys laugh at, I still get those to be funny. Uh, but to get back to what you said, you said that working through launching this, um, this sales company or launching this products company, you began to ex learn what it means to be rejected, what it, the kind of the bumps and the lumps that come with business. But in some ways, I wonder if you didn't actually start learning those way back, you know, through the difficult experience of, of losing your son, that, that in some ways, your, all of your experiences, the good experiences of being an, a rep, uh, reporter and anchor, the difficult experiences all together help you to develop the skill set that you have for what you're doing. Ah, oh, you are so smart. Now, listen, I will tell you this. It started back in my television days because I didn't, I had aspirations that were bigger than Steubenville Wheeling. I think God had other plans, but um, I found myself getting so discouraged at, I, because I had certain places that I wanted to go and I wouldn't consider anywhere else, right? And so I was getting offers from places I wasn't interested in going. And if I couldn't go where I wanted to go, then I just said no. And finally, I got so tired of the rejection that I just quit. Okay. And so part of me now with this venture is, no, we're getting back up. We're getting back up and we're going at it again and we're not quitting. We're not quitting. Yeah. And that, I think too, um, another reason, yes, through my grief of my son, there was a woman that I covered that was in a flood and uh, it was a flash flood. And I never forget this story. And her daughter and a friend were home alone while this woman I was at the store or something like that. And this flash flood came and these two girls knew that they were supposed to get in the bathtub 
And well, it took their trailer away. The two girls were in the bathtub. One girl was found. The other little girl was this woman's. And I remember being at the mm. central command station every day waiting for this woman. You know, this woman, Janet, was there. And she's just waiting for word of her daughter. And we formed a, a bond and a friendship. And, and a few years later, I was doing the news. And they had a report that Janet was found at um, the base of the river where they pulled her daughter's body out and she had taken her own life. Oh. And that stuck with me and I just found it so tragic. And when I lost my son, Brandon, I just kept thinking, I don't want to be Janet. Right. I don't want to be Janet. I can't be Janet, you know? So I had to get back up, you know? Grief just, grief just, you know, it, it takes you down. You're in a fetal position and, and it's so dark and you, you can't see the light at the time, but the light is always there. You just have to reach for it. And I was just determined, you know, that I had to reach for it. I had to get back up. So yes, my grief did teach me to get back up, but that was a lesson learned from, you know, a story that I did. But then again, in my business, you just have to keep getting it, it. It hurts. No one likes to be rejected. No one likes to hear the word no. When you're enthusiastic and excited about an idea, a concept, a business, a product, whatever, and and someone else just shoots it down, that sucks, right? But right. you got to get back up, and you got to realize it's not about you. It's about them. Sure, it's not about you. Yeah. What? Okay. I think it's really funny listening to what you're talking about and. We go and we visit my mom's family, right? And my, my mom's family is extremely wonderful and loving. And the thing that my wife worries about most is my aunts think that I am the funniest person on the face of the planet. Okay? And you so, are funny, though. Uh, I, hanging out with my aunts, like, they laugh at everything that I say. It's, it's the most, you know, it's super encouraging. Um, but my wife says I need to be deprogrammed on the way home. Like, you're not actually that funny. It, like, yeah. all right? But it feels really good to be around those people who believe in you. And they say, you know what? You are an amazing person and you are fantastic. And, and we believe in you and we, we support you. And, and whatever you do, you're, you're awesome. Okay? okay. But I hope that everybody is blessed to have someone in their life that believes in them. Right. But the reality is that there are 7 billion people on the planet. So there's 699 million plus uh, 699, whatever the number is. There's a right. lot of people out there. There's 7 billion minus one, okay, yeah. that may not be as eager to believe in you. And it's okay. Your value doesn't come from the people that believe in you or the people that don't believe in you. Your value comes from who you are. Right. But at the same time, as an entrepreneur, as an individual, it's... It's about figuring out how do I connect with other people? How do I build relationships? How do I, um, for you, you know, it's, it's about, okay, I have this idea. People aren't buying into it. How do I, what is their need and how do I scratch their itch? D- does that make sense? Right. And to even see if they have an itch, right. you know, right. you know, it might be, it might be the wrong person. Right. So, you know, you just have to find your people 
and you have to have that belief in yourself and that takes work it, it really does and i would love to say that i you know have that perfected but i do not and the, and the difference is is that i think that people um think that as you're successful those no's don't hurt or pinch or sting mm. anymore they still do right it's the difference is is before they might have taken you down and dropped you to your knees you know um now you just flinch a little with it you know what i mean but the sting is still there you just have you're just your resilience is stronger you're stronger yeah it it you're right it doesn't it doesn't become less painful but it eventually becomes a little easier i guess uh, right so for folks that are out there that are are thinking like what can what lessons can we learn about being an entrepreneur from sherry dunlevy what would you kind of say these either this or these couple ideas or things that i have learned and, and really been helpful to me in building what i'm doing first thing is say yes a lot of times opportunity you know not you know if you've give, you're given an opportunity or it's presented to you, say yes and figure it out along the way, right? If it's something that truly interests you, you know, say yes. So many times we say no because we're afraid. So that's the first thing. Second thing is um, be prepared that you're going to fall, but also be prepared and realize that you're going to get stronger and getting back up. And third thing is just be consistent. Never give up. If it's important, never give up. Don't because you're not giving up on it. You're giving up on yourself. And it's not so important of what your goal is. It's important of who you become in the process of pursuing your goal. Wow. So I really, I was blown. Really enjoying your second point there about the fact that we are going to get knocked down, and it is developing the strength to get back up every time we're knocked down and learning from that to say, okay, how do I avoid this happening again? But what you just said there at the end, I thought was so beautiful that it's more than just developing a business. It's about developing yourself as a person. And I mean, that's awesome. Uh, so as you're, as you're working with this now, so you've, you've self-published your book. Mm -hmm. Um, you're out there, you're speaking, you've got your own business, you've, you've got your own podcast. Um, how did it, is, is there a particular, a particular event or something that, that it was that kind of helped flip the switch for you to say, I have this gift I, and not that grieving is a gift, but I have this I have this experience and how do I make this experience make the world a better place? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. So what happened with me when I lost my son, Brandon, um, a woman who was an acquaintance of ours, um, she sent a card to my husband and I, and in that card, she wrote something that literally changed my life. She said, your son, Brandon, in his short life, brought more people to God, more people to their knees um, on his behalf, you know, crying out to God than most people have in their entire life. How blessed you were to be his parents. Wow. And that taught me three things. It taught me um, 
every life matters and every life can make an impact, whether people know you or not. No one knew my son. No one saw my son. Very few people did because he never made it out of NICU, right? Mm -hmm. But yet his life was impacting people and it had a purpose and it was was, um, important. So that was the first thing. The second thing was if my son did that in 29 days, what am I doing with my 38 years, right? Like. We always think about, oh, what our career track is going to be. And we think about, you know, whether we want to be married and whether we want to have children, but we never think about who we want to become or what what kind of impact we want to make. So it got me to start thinking about the impact that I want to make on this world. And I did not want to die and have to face God and God say, Sherry, I gave you 60 years after your son died. What did you do with that? Did you crawl up in a fetal position and cry and mourn and say you could never be happy again? What did you do with that rest of that life that I gave you, you know, to glorify me and to help others? So that was the second thing. And the third thing was, is that you never know what kind words could change someone's life. A simple gesture on your behalf could change someone's life. Yeah. Which was a note in a sympathy card. Yeah, that's amazing. Thank you so much for sharing that. Listen, you have been fantastic. I really appreciate your openness and um, it's been a pleasure. If folks are looking to get in touch with you or get a hold of you, uh, listen to your podcast, where can they find you? What's the easiest way? Well, SherryDunlevy.com is the best way to find me. You can find me all over Facebook, too. I have a a program that I've just launched or a group called Graduating Grief, and it's to help women step from the pain of their grief to step back into living a life that's joy-filled and hope-filled. So you can find me there, SherryDunlevy.com or Graduating Grief. Perfect. Uh, I will put all those links in the show notes and we'll make make it real easy for folks to follow you and to, to find your podcast and everything. I, we have come to my favorite part of the show. Okay. This is three questions to establish your humanity. Are you ready for this? I am ready. Okay. If you could only use three adjectives to describe yourself, what would those three adjectives be? Inspiring caring and loving that's awesome i i don't i don't think you can go um for much higher aspiration than that um random question if you didn't have to sleep what would you do with the extra time Ooh. Do you want what I should say? <laughs> what I should say, exercise. <laughs> uh, oh, please. I, no, this is a reality-based show. We, I, this is the truth of if you didn't have to sleep, what would you, what would you actually do with the time, do you imagine? Oh, my gosh. Come up with a cure for COVID-19 so we can get back to our lives. <laughs> that is so true. All right. Um, last question. Again, if I'm coming down to the Steubenville Wheeling area and we're going to go out to eat somewhere, what would you say is the, um, is the kind of taste of the town in that area? Mm, well, I would have to say that it is probably a great Italian place. Uh, I, I have a couple of that I could take you to and, um, and a couple rib places too. So, wow, we could, we could do some good eating down here for sure. Oh, there you go. I, I'm sure. So let me just ask, what would be 
if if you and your husband or if you and your friends are going out, what would be kind of your go-to place? Uh, probably a place called Abby's. It's kind of like a Cheers okay. that had good food and good fellowship and great relationships and a great deep pour of wine. There you go. Nice. <laughs> Abby's it is. All right. Listen, Sherry, you, like I said, you have been fantastic. I really appreciate you coming on today and sharing. Uh, listen, for all my listeners out there, I appreciate you being part of the show. I love to hear from you. I love to um, know that what you're enjoying from what we're doing, I encourage you again to subscribe, to leave a review, to, uh, to get in touch with us. Just let us know what you enjoyed out of today's podcast. I will remind you all, as always, that when you stop learning, you stop living. Have a great day, everybody. 